Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games FM, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now, welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skipstad. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. This is AJ Skifstad starting the morning conversation about two-player games. And I'm not talking just any two-player games. I'm talking two-player games that demand a commitment. And what I mean by that is there are many great two-player games out there that just are on the hour and 20-minute range, up to four-hour range, and... When you have that window of opportunity where you have that one buddy who has, uh, who, who has the will to play one of those longer games with you, uh, you have to decide which one you want to pick because there's so many good ones out there. Are you going to play, um, are, are, you're not just going to play Patchwork or Seven Wonders Duel or, or Tides of Time. Uh, you're not going to play these lightweight games. You know you want to play a bigger one. It demands a commitment, but there's so many good ones. Are you going to play Memoir 44, a great classic by Days of Wonder? Are you going to play Star Wars The Living Card Game by Fantasy Flight? Are you going to play, oh my gosh, War of the Ring? I mean, there's so many great games out there. Android Netrunner, a two-player game. It's going to take you a good amount of time. It could be the Battle of Five Armies. There are these games that just demand a commitment, and how do you choose which one you're going to play? I know the other night I had this opportunity, which is what made me think of this conversation. Me and my buddy were about to sit down, and we, we, we were thinking about maybe Summoner Wars. We absolutely love Summoner Wars. And uh, we were thinking about Memoir 44 and Star Wars The Living Card Game. Well, we ended up landing on Star Wars The Living Card Game because we both have an investment in this game, which makes it more desirable to begin with. We both purchased the game, and so we both have our own cards. Uh, even though the cards are the same in both packs, it's just, you know, we have our own box. You got an investment in the game, it makes you want to get it to the table more. So we decided on Star Wars The Living Card Game. One of my favorite things about this game is it's a timed game, meaning... Uh, it, it or, or there's a there's a game end based upon round numbers. The the game is going to end after 12 rounds. Every time the dark side player takes a turn, you turn the Death Star dial up one notch. Okay, if the Death Star dial gets to 12, the dark side player wins. If the light side player has destroyed three of the dark side player's objectives, the light side player wins. So you're not guaranteed 12 rounds, which is what I really love about this game. You're going to go to 12 rounds no matter what. You're going to go to 12 rounds if, if the light side player doesn't destroy those three objectives. But if he does, then the game is going to end even sooner. And uh, sometimes you can, the, it can end as early as six rounds I've seen it happen. I don't know if it could happen much earlier than that. But it's a great game because there is a time commitment, but you know exactly when it's going to end. You know that it's going to be 12 rounds and nothing more um, than that. And so I do like that about the game. The other night, uh, me and my buddy had a chance to play it, and it was one of the best games I ever played. We played all the way up to round nine, but it was so intense. He actually lost the game on one of the uh, more rare technicalities of the game, which is if you can't draw from your deck anymore, um, your command deck, and, and you're, you're required to draw, and you can't, you lose the game. And it was incredible. I'd never seen that happen before. I've never gotten all the way through my deck. I only had six cards left. 
he had one card left. He drew it and couldn't draw the next. It was a great game. Star Wars The Living Card Game. Fantastic game. If you have not played it yet, check it out. But to get back to my question, what are some of those commitment games that you have to just take into consideration when it comes to two players? And what's going to be your number one choice? I'm not sure that I really have a number one choice. I, I know that last the, or the other night we picked Star Wars, but I think if I had to ma make a number one choice, it would probably be Summoner Wars. Summoner Wars is a game by Plaid Hat Games, and it's a head-to-head -head combat. You're on a you're on a uh, battlefield, a grid a gridded out battlefield, and uh, you're going to be moving these card characters towards the uh, the enemy, and um, each character can do different things. These factions that you have are meant to work with each other. They play off the cards next to them, and certain cards do certain things. Every card has an ability. It's it's a really, really solid game, and it's probably my number one two-player game that demands a commitment. But I think this is a great conversation because there's so many good two-player games out there that demand that commitment. So I want to hear from you. Uh, use that voice call-in feature, and uh, we also want to hear from Scott and Jeremiah today, see what they're thinking about two-player games that demand a commitment. I know for me, I think my favorite is Summoner Wars. That's it for now. Check you later. Hey guys, Jeremiah here adding to AJ's conversation about heavyweight two-player games. And to be honest, I don't think, uh, aside from Star Wars, the living card game, I don't think I have that game in my collection. You know, I don't have the heavyweight War of the Ring or Memoir 44, any of those games that require that long time commitment are designed for just two players. Now, I will say, uh, well, maybe Warhammer Conquest. I don't even know if I'd say that's a long, heavy game. That, that game plays in about 30, 40 minutes. But if you take into consideration deck construction and all of the things that kind of happen pre-game, you could say that's a heavier weight game. There's definitely some intricacies to the mechanics and how the game plays. Uh, but that's a game that's no longer in print as well. So I I don't know. Um, I would say probably one of my favorite games to play with two people that is a little bit more in-depth. Uh, but it's also one of my favorite games of all time is, is definitely the Lord of the Rings, the living card game from Fantasy Flight. It plays well with two players. It plays well with three or four. Um, I guess at its base, if you'd buy just the base game, it's designed for two players. So uh, I, I own two base games and a bunch of stuff. So we've, we've modified everything according to uh, Fantasy Flight's instructions to play four, up to four players. But it's a great game. It's, it's so much fun. And uh, we've had nights, and it's been a while since we've played it, but we've had nights where we've actually uh, continued to play um, after we've completed one of the quest packs. We'll just leave everything on the table how it is and then try to complete another quest pack. So any wounds that we have, any 
attached uh, weapons or allies we have on the table in front of us. We leave all that and we try to go ahead and complete another one. So that makes for an interesting night and it's a lot of fun, but it's been literally years since we've done that. So maybe maybe we should do that again sometime soon because it's a great game and it's a lot of fun to play. Anyway, so there's some thoughts on, on heavy two-player games. My wife and I play a lot of games that are designed for two players or for, I'm sorry, more, more than two players as just two-player games. We play a lot of two-player Carcassonne, a lot of two-player Dominion and things like that, uh, two-player Kingdom Builder. And, uh, you know, we, we have a great time with those. We find those games that she enjoys that mechanically aren't overbearing or, you know, too complicated. I, I can teach it to her pretty quickly because she likes playing games, but she hates learning games. So I always try to find games I can teach quick. And those are some of the games that we've played many, many, many times uh, over the years. And I know that she enjoys doing that. So I don't know that I, like I said, I think probably the Lord of the Rings or Warhammer Conquest are two of the more heavyweight two-player games. Uh, I've considered getting uh, Blood Bowl uh, from uh, Games Workshop. But as of right now, I don't really have that super heavyweight game in my collection. It's just not there. All right. What do you have? Let us know. Join the conversation. Uh, use that anchor feature here, the, the voice message feature, and let us know. Be a part of this conversation, and we'll talk to you soon. I'm Jeremiah Isley. Thanks for listening to my segment today here on Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. Hey everyone, Firestone here with Board Games FM, powered by TheologyofGames.com. I love the topic that AJ came up with this morning, which is kind of time-heavy two-player games. It's one thing to throw down Onitama or something like that, or Patchwork, and, and do that in 30 minutes, but what about those games that take a time commitment? And that's a serious consideration, because I know Jeremiah said that he doesn't really have any of those games. I have a lot of those games, and they're ones that my kids particularly like, and so this is, this is a serious thing that I, that I come up against. One of the games that uh, certainly hits this mark is HeroScape. I have quite a bit of HeroScape stuff that I gathered over the years when it was popular and in print. And it takes a long time to build the map. I mean, some of those maps are super complex. And those are the fun ones are the ones that just take an hour or more to create. Those are the fun ones. And so you want to do that. And then everybody has to pick their factions and their, their characters and set up and all these things. So my kids are always like, Dad, can we play HeroScape? And it's not like I don't want to play HeroScape, but that game is just long. So sometimes I have to say, no, we're going to have to wait until spring break or summer or something like that because it just takes too stinking long. Another one... the. Uh, AJ mentioned both of these, War of the Ring and Battle of the Five Armies. I have had War of the Ring for many, many years. I still have the first edition. I never got the second edition. And I played a number of years ago, but I haven't played in years. And I think my sons, especially my youngest, would really enjoy playing that. 
And he has said to me, hey, Dad, can we play Battle of the Five Armies? I've never played it. I've never cracked it. I've looked at it. I have not read the rules yet. So I would love to play that with him. But again, it's going to take a time commitment on the front end for me to read those rules because I don't have any idea how to play. It's probably very similar to War of the Ring, but not exactly. So there's the time commitment of reading the rules beforehand, time commitment of teaching it to him, and then time commitment of playing this long game. And so the deck is just stacked against us right now. And yet, I have a kid who's willing to play this game with me. What am I doing? I need to be doing that. Um, one that does get played more often is Memoir 44. And again, this takes a long time to set up. And I and that's why they came out with... Oh, crud. I can't think of the name of these maps. But Days of Wonder actually came out with maps for specific battles that are already set up. It's just all the terrain is already on there. And it's like, hey, you're playing in the Ardane Forest and the, the, everything's already created for you. Saves a lot of time. And... Um, it saves a lot of time, but there are a lot. I don't have any of those, and so I have a lot of Memoir 44 stuff, and it just takes a while to set up, tear down. If you want to um, play a different kind of map while you have some of the things out, that takes a while. But it is one that we've played more often because it's, while it does take a while, it's at least reasonable. And then Jeremiah mentioned Blood Bowl, and that is, man, that's a game I adore. And especially if you can get a league going where your characters start growing and growing and growing. But one of the great things, uh, one of the things about Blood Bowl is it is a time commitment. My friend and I used to play years ago and no matter how quickly we played, neither one of us is a slow player, but those games took three hours, almost on the button from start to finish of the game and doing any kind of rewards and so forth that you get at the end of the game it was three hours that is not easy to pull off so blood bowl game i love game that hardly ever hits the table because it's so stinking long so i love this conversation we should hear from you because what are are there any games in your collection that you'd love to play but are just the time commitment is too large for you at least right now in your life we're all busy we have to make time or find time And sometimes we just can't find the time for these. And so what is your solution? What are those things that you're looking for in a game and length and complexity? And how does that work in your life? Let us know and we will talk to you later. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Good morning, everybody. And welcome back to Board Games FM powered by Theology of Games. This is AJ Skifstad, and it is time for What Will You Play Friday? Yes, it is Friday again. The weekend is coming up, and we're all excited because, well, (laughs) no work. So uh, no work means games, uh, for some of us anyways. (laughs) So uh, what are you going to be playing this week? I know that uh, tonight I'm going over to my in-law's house, and they are all gamers over there. They love to play games. And so we're doing like a pre-Easter dinner. Some of my in-laws are going to be out of town for Easter, so we're going to do our Easter dinner tonight. And um, I know we're going to be playing lots of games over there. One of the games that we recently purchased for my father-in-law was Wordsy, uh, which Jeremiah's talked a lot about. I've talked a lot about it. It's a great word game in which uh, you, you put out eight letters to the board, and, and they're each worth a different point value depending on where they are in the lineup. Uh, they're either worth five, four, three, or two points. And you have, um, 
you have time to make a word out of those letters and you make as many words, excuse me, not as many words as possible, the longest word possible uh, using those eight letters. But the, the thing is, is you're not restricted to those letters. You can use any other letters to help you create a word. You're just only going to score the letters you see on the board there. And so uh, there's incentive to be the player who writes their word first. You can get bonus points if your word is the best and you're the one to go first. You can also get bonus points if you're not the one to go first, but you beat the player that, that went first, that, that did their word the quickest. So it's a great game. Hoping to play that tonight. Um, hoping to play some Thunderstone Quest tonight. And uh, over the weekend, gosh, what else? Man, I'd really like to get a Euro to the table. It's been a long time since I've got um, since I've got uh, Stone Age to the table, which is a worker placement slash Euro type game. It's a little bit of a midweight or entry level worker placement, but it's one that my wife and I really enjoy, and it's been a long time since we played it. So I was looking at looking at it on my shelf yesterday, and I thought, man, I would love to get Stone Age to the table. There's a few others, but uh, most of those will probably hit the table Monday night with the game group. So uh, for now, it's probably going to be Wordsy, Thunderstone, and maybe Stone Age. Uh, but what about you guys? What are you playing? We definitely want to hear from you. Definitely want to know what you're playing this weekend. Use that voice call-in feature, and that's it for now. Check you later. Hey, everyone. Jeremiah here with my What Will You Play Friday segment. And uh, I actually have a game night tonight, so things going on the table tonight will hopefully be uh, trying to get enough players together for an eight-on or a four-on-four eight-player game of Captain Sonar. If not, I think I'm going to have probably about six folks, which should be uh, still pretty fun. And then uh, probably play, depending on how many folks are here probably do some uh, social deduction type games like Coup with the expansion that puts people on teams or Red Scare or uh, stuff like that. If we're a little lower, maybe six or under, we'll be playing maybe some co-op games or uh, uh, like The Captain is Dead or of course Ethnos, which is one of my favorites right now is just a great little game that is a ton of fun. So there it is. That's my What Will You Play Friday. Hopefully I'll get those games and more as we head into spring break for my kids as well. So um, we're going to sit down and create a list of what we want to play over spring break. And we'll talk about that maybe uh, on Monday here on Board Games FM. All right. Let us know what you are playing this weekend. Join the conversation using the Anchor app or just tweet at us at Theology of Games on Twitter. We'll be talking to you soon. Hey, everybody. Firestone here with Board Games FM, powered by TheologyofGames.com. Just reporting in on what I'm going to play this weekend. Probably some Eldritch Horror because it's already set up on the table and we've only played a few turns, my 10-year-old and I. So we'll probably try and get in some of that. We might also play... My son got an un, one of those unlock games for his birthday. And just for various circumstances, we have not been able to play it. And so it's just sitting there unplayed. And I really, really want to try this out. So we will probably try and make time for that. And then something related to playing. Uh, just yesterday, I got my Gloomhaven Broken Token insert. And so... I've never been this excited about organization in my life, and I can't wait to put this thing together and get Gloomhaven organized, because right now, 
it is strewn all over my basement in different piles and that game is sorely in need of an organizer that is good and this one looks like it's going to be amazing so i can't wait to put that together and get that thing organized and back together so what are you going to play this weekend let's hear from you and we'll talk to you later have a good one bye thanks for joining us today board games fm is powered by theologyofgames.com Don't forget to head over to TheologyOfGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.